On this episode of the Digital Tribe, I'm joined by Mark Charette to talk about local directories. What are they, how do they affect your business, and how should you use them? Okay, so welcome to the Digital Tribe, and, and thank you very much for downloading and for, for listening. Um, to tell you a little bit about the Digital Tribe, but what are we? Well, we're a collection of business individuals that all work in the digital space. Um, we've come together to, to do what we can to try and help businesses in the current climate. Um, joining me today is Mark Charette from WorkPix360. Um, Mark is a Google-trusted photographer and an online reputation manager. Now, Mark, what is an online reputation manager? It's it's a role whereby basically what I do is I help businesses with the um, improvement of the showcasing of the reviews and the reputation that they build with their clients. And then from there, what we do is we basically um, provide the, the services to help you request additional reviews. Because nowadays, one of the things that has the largest impact in terms of building reputation is in fact the reviews that we get online. It's kind of like the new word of mouth of today. And and as well as that, there's a lot of stuff that you do around um, local directories as well. Um, now many people will say things like yellow pages um, have no impact mm. um, because nobody uses yellow pages anymore. How, how would you answer that kind of thought? If you're talking about the yellow pages in print form, I would essentially agree that that is actually a real major problem in terms of if you think that's still working, uh, all you have to do is look at the one that does get delivered to your door and it gets smaller and smaller and, you know, there's fewer pages in it and they're trying to squeeze more, you know, even the even the the, the, the font sizes are actually starting to get bigger once again, simply because of the fact that they, they don't have as much stuff to put in it. Uh, but Yellow Pages Online actually still has a rightful place. It's what's called really a second tier directory listing now. It used to be the primary and first tier directory listing. But now most of the top tier directory listings for businesses are, in fact, things that relate back to maps. Uh, For example, um, the uh, Apple Maps and Bing Maps and and Google Maps. And the most important of all of those is, in fact, Google Maps because of its relationship with the Google My Business system, which is essentially the largest business directory in the world now. So, yeah, Yellow Pages has its place, but it's not as important as the others, but it still has a rightful place online. And and it's probably fair to say as well that all these other directories actually um, assist Google with its uh, with its ranking system. Is it, it? It's exactly it because if you think about it, almost like a ratcheting effect. Because what Google basically does to rank a business is a number of different things at the same time. It doesn't just look at its own data. It'll look at, of course, it'll look at your website. And I'm still a major fan of making sure that a that organizations make a, a really good, uh, a good, make sure that they really properly list their business. Uh, in terms of address, name, address, and phone number on their website also, because that's part of the data that Google can scrape from a website. But at the same time, once you've done that and you've put your information on Google My Business, where else can Google go to find more about you as a business? Well, they're going to go to other places where your name of the business, the address and the phone number, and the things where you get mentioned online. There's another term that I'd like to bring up in this because it, it, they actually get um, – you know, you, you can exchange the term directory listing and citation to some degree because the word citation is simply the ability to get found or cited somewhere online. And a directory listing happens to be one of those things. So when we talk about citations mm-hmm. and we're, we're talking about um, local directories, what sort of um, local directories are available to, to 
available and valuable to a business on the central oh, coast? Oh, there's an awful lot of them. In fact, the first thing to do is always to think in terms of the, the different tiers. And let's start, obviously, with Google My Business. I, I, I joke around a lot with the idea that I, I call Google My Business the not the elephant in the room, but a herd of elephants. It's simply just that important. Um, but then from there, other places that you can make sure that you get found is um, obviously the, the the second tier ones, which we mentioned. Uh, but there's also other platforms that are often tied to a review system. So, for example, Yelp, which is a directory listing, far more common in the States, but it actually works worldwide. So local Central Coast businesses can list themselves there. Uh, there's other ones that are what we call, they're sort of between tier two and tier three. In other words, less important, but things like Brown Book. Um, and and uh, word of mouth online, those are all very important too. And then beyond that, then you look at the really niche ones that I would highly recommend people look at is things like your chamber of commerce or anything as specific to your industry. So if you're, uh, for example, an accountant or a, a lawyer, you'll probably end up with a lawyer. There'll be a bar association of some type that you'll want to make sure your business is listed on. So it really, you have to think about where are you most likely going to be found because of the industry that you're in or where people are going to be looking for you? Those are really the things to think about. So look look locally. There's a lot of uh, directory boards typically uh, available within business associations or organizations. Uh, another one is if you belong to any form of a networking group, most networking groups today do actually have a directory listing of their members. Uh, you know, there's things such as the BNI, which is one that's well known, but you obviously have to pay to be a member. But those are things that are also you want to make sure that your data is on there, is accurate. Uh, you make sure that your name, address, and phone number are absolutely accurate, along with your website. So let, let's just come to that. Um, how how might somebody check what sort of listings they they currently have? Because I would imagine that some are populated automatically. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that some have been populated maybe three, four, five years ago by the business owner. So how can someone go out and check that sort of the, thing? The, there was, the simplest way to do it is to actually uh, use um, a, a local SEO service check. It's actually one of the services that I provide, and it's a free service that I provide for you to be able to pull off an, an initial report. Uh, and that will actually give you the ability to look at basically what, what, you know, what are the options and where are you being found? The other thing that it actually does is it looks for the consistency. And it's really important to remember that consistency in that information is uh, is very important in terms of search. Because you can imagine if you actually had your business, uh, let's say you were in West Gosford uh, a few years ago. Like there's one one of my past clients, he, um, he he's uh, in the air conditioning industry and he's moved to East Gosford. Well, new address, if he actually hasn't taken the time to go back and change that information, then you can imagine that that data still sits out there unless you go back and fix it. So going through the multiple directories um, to, to make sure that you don't have an old address, that's, that's an important thing to do. You can actually quite simply manually go look for yourself too. Do a Google search, see where you show up. And that's what's called a branded search. So you simply just type in your business name. I actually recommend that you put your business name in quotes. So that actually helps to ensure that the search will be more specific. And it should bring up a reasonably good list of places where your business is actually being found. That's one way of doing it. And, and do most of these offer the ability to you, for you to go in and edit the listing yourself? So if, if for example, it came up with a, mm. uh, an old address or an incorrect phone number, mm -hmm. um, is it fairly easy with these directories to just go in and change them yourself? It, it, it's actually not that hard. It, it, in most cases, you can actually update the, the information yourself. There are some times when you can't actually do that, uh, whereby you'll need to send an email to that directory listing 
um, basically the host that actually manages that listing, and they will actually do that update for you. The challenge with those typically, though, is that it can actually take a long time for the listing to go live. Uh, in some instances, there's I've actually had a few of, of, of the listings that I work with have basically taken two to three months to get updated. So that that can have a, a pretty big impact on a business uh, if, if if you're uh, if you're trying to do these things personally yourself. Uh, so can you do it? Absolutely, yes. Uh, and in fact, I actually encourage businesses to do those directory listing updates themselves to some degree. For one, it gives them a, a much better idea of what's involved and what kind of information you can put in there. Because not every directory listing is the same. Some allow you to have photos. Some allow you to have a description of your business. Some will allow you to have your your web uh, your website or not, or for that matter, maybe your hours of operation. So there's you have to look at each one and understand that there are going to be variations. Because you have to ask yourself too, why do these organizations want that data and why are they giving you the opportunity to list your business on their platform generally speaking they are going to be advertising firms of some sort so they're going to be wanting to sell you some form of advertising services uh, and, and and that may be that it's a value to some people i tend to think first go with the free stuff because it's not that that difficult to do um, and it doesn't take a huge amount of time. But usually the, the real problem with this for most businesses is if they start thinking, my goodness, I've relocated probably two or three years ago, or I'm a new business and I don't even know where to put myself. That's where they really need professional services to, to do it on their behalf. But for a lot of businesses, if they've got a bit of time on their hands, um, you know, especially right now with things as quiet as they are uh, for a lot of people, it's it's a good idea to start researching and having an idea as to where they are, where, where they're being found and where they're not being found. And, and this is the, the point of, I guess, what we're trying to do now is that businesses do have time in their mm-hmm. hands. Um, and we'd like the Central Coast to have an economy when we get to the other side Absolutely. of this. Um, because it's in all of our interests. So if we can help businesses get through this period and have a, a, a strong base when we get to the other side, then we're all going to be in a much happier place. You've mentioned already the, the daddy of the directories, mm-hmm. which is Google My mm-hmm. Business. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Google My mm-hmm. Business. How easy is it to set up a Google My Business and how important mm-hmm. is it to get good content in there? It's actually relatively simple. The first rule is that you have to essentially go to uh, its business.google.com. And from there, you can then uh, use an existing email account that you already have. Some people think that you have to have a Gmail or Google account to set up a Google My Business listing, and you don't. Once upon a time, you did, but you don't anymore. You can actually use your own business email address as the sign-in point for your Google My Business listing. And once you do that, um, you actually have then the ability to ensure that if your business is already on on Google Maps and on Street View, uh, then you can verify that business as yours. And it's an important thing to remember because the last thing you want to be doing is if your business already exists on the map, but you actually don't have control over that listing, you don't want to add yourself in a second time because that'll be a duplicate listing. And that's actually going to be uh, a bad thing about for your business. We can probably talk about that a little bit more a little bit later. Uh, But the process is initially a matter of getting the 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 business verified by putting in your details about the business, the name, address, phone number, that kind of information, very basic stuff. And then Google would then send a, a postcard to you to verify that the business. Now, I should warn you right now, because of the COVID-19 crisis that we're dealing with, a lot of services are actually not, a lot of parts of, the, of, of their Google My Business system is actually not operating at full, uh, full tilt. 
And one of the things that's actually impacted right now is the verification process. It's not that they're stopping it completely, but it's going to take an awful lot longer. They are prioritizing businesses that are medical or or basically supporting the the, uh, the the crisis. So anybody who's uh, in the like, if you were just a, 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 um, a small shop or a retailer and you didn't have a, a Google My Business listing, in comparison to if you're a a new family doctor setting up office, the family doctor is going to get priority right now. Uh, so that's something. To keep in mind. So if I'm mm-hmm. if if I set mm-hmm. one up, but I haven't got the verification yet, does the listing still appear? It, it will appear. Um, but the problem with that, obviously, is that there's a limitation to how you can interact with that listing. So, for example, uh, you, you, if, if you put photos up, for example, on that listing, the photos are classified as being public photos as opposed to uh, photos from the owner. Uh, so it's actually quite easy for someone else to turn around and re- request that those images be removed. Um, uh, and so not that someone would do that, but that's not an impossibility. Uh, so really there are limitations right now. The other thing about the Google, my business system, that's not working at full tilt is the review platform, which is a really, really important element within it. But Google is not actually uh, allowing the processing and, uh, um, people leaving reviews or for that matter, you as a business being able to respond to reviews because of the COVID-19 because it's essentially, it's a resource where they actually verify those reviews, every single one of them to make sure that they're authentic. So people don't realize that that's actually one of the major things that Google uses as part of the ranking factors in your listing. So, uh, so that's actually currently affected right now. So if you already have a Google, my business listing, and, you know, it's not that you should be stopping requesting reviews, but simply maybe not requesting them be on Google My Business for this moment in time. Uh, but the importance long term, definitely very, very high. I would suggest to you that on average, if you look at the different directory listings that are out there compared to Google, Google makes up about 25 percent of all your local SEO. It's that important. And, and having said that there are some issues with it at the mm-hmm. moment, um, it would be sensible to have everything in place so that once we get through this crisis that the verification process um, and the reviews when they begin again mm. are, are not backlogged yeah. because you, you've waited until the end of the crisis to, to get your listening together. I'll bet you dollars to donuts on this one over here. You're absolutely right. And that's a really important point to be making is that businesses should be actually thinking about getting ahead of the curve from everyone else. We you know we talk about flattening the curve. Well, you want to get ahead of this curve. Because this is something that's going to have an impact on who's actually going to get priority service once the crisis has uh, has been resolved or has been reduced sufficiently that they can bring their staff back to manage these requests for, for new listings. And let's assume that there's businesses that have a Google My Business listing yep. set up. They verified mm-hmm. it. Um, and you know maybe they've not done too much with it because it's just it's there and they they're hoping it's going to drive business. Mm-hmm. What what should they be doing with that listing to ensure that the algorithm is seeing more? Uh, the the things that they really want to be doing at this moment in time is number one, make sure that you put information in the business description with regards to the COVID nineteen crisis in terms of how you are uh, how you are engaging with your clients. Give them a heads up. Be kind enough to let them know if your if your services are 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 um, are affected in any way, shape, or form. If like for example, if you're you're going to be open but limited service, or your stock is going to be low because suppliers aren't shipping, you want to make sure you put that message in the business description because that's one of the few places where information will go live right away. 
Uh, you also can put up a, a post in your Google My Business listing. If, and if it's COVID-19 related, Google will approve those first. They won't be actually, so in other words, don't try to actually do regular marketing right now with it. But once that's again resolved, you'll want to leverage the experience of having put up a post to teach you how to basically create one. Because these posts, uh, when we are not in crisis, is a very, very powerful tool to help un people understand the uh, what it is that you actually have on offer. Because you can do things like products that are on sale, uh, links back to your website. Uh, there's a whole heap of features that are in that's inside of the Google My Business panel that goes way beyond the scope of just a simple business directory. It's, uh, it's quite powerful. There's even an option for Q&A in there, which is currently turned off, but will be back on again. So where basically you can answer client questions. And one of the fascinating things about the way that the Q&A system works is that Google will actually use uh, your client's reviews as a means of answering questions if they already are asked and the review would potentially, through keyword verification, actually answer that question. So understanding that the Q&A system works very, very well for that too. Um, there's even a messaging system that not all businesses have available to them. It tends to be more for the cafe, restaurant, accommodation side of the uh, of the world. They will actually have the ability to even message back and forth with their clients on Google My Business. Once again, temporarily turned off, but it will be back. So going through the menu of features that's inside the Google My Business panel, that alone will be a great educational experience for you to understand what the how to use this system so that you're not, you know, essentially, you know, caught trying to learn this when you're rushing to get business back through the front door. That's a really important thing to do is take this time to educate yourself with this particular directory because it's so important. And this time is a, is a time when a lot of businesses are not doing their normal business. So, so this is the time that we should be spending making sure that all these listings and directories are in mm -hmm. place and that we have a plan for how we actually communicate. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned the COVID-19 mm -hmm. part of Google mm -hmm. My Business. There's actually a specific spot in your Google My Business listing mm -hmm. for you to mention mm -hmm. uh, how COVID-19 has affected your business. So whether your, your opening hours have changed or your delivery has changed in some way, shape. Yeah, the, the places that they're actually recommending, if you look at the actual information, and I'm more than happy to provide link back to that, there's actually a document. So when you sign into your Google My Business page, you'll actually see there's a there's actually a link at the top of the page right now that you click on and it'll, it'll form you on what you can do and can't do, what will work, what won't work, what will be limited. Um, so you can be properly informed as to what you can do. And, and there, the main description section of your business is where they're recommending that you put information in for at, at this point in time. Uh, so that's that's the first point of call. Okay. And you talked about tiers of directories. Yes. Um, the, the other directory that's um, perhaps quite important mm -hmm. um, in relation to the maps, mm -hmm. and it also has a My Business section, is Bing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, if you go and set your Google My Business up first, mm -hmm then Bing's quite happy to just take all that information for you. Yeah, they actually, there is a way of actually, well, they actually allow you to link the two of them together now, which is kind of an interesting thing. And so by with, with Bing, one of the things that it'll do is that you can even tell uh, Bing that uh, if you make a change in your Google My Business listing, that they will read that data and pick it up and republish it inside of Bing. Uh, so there, that, that's, a, that's a really nice little advantage. So you don't actually have to be you know doing double entry on those two listings. Uh, and Bing is actually really important to remember because uh, Microsoft is not a small company, and it's it, although they are not, you know, it's not the same thing as as Google My Business. It's still very important. Just think of every time that someone goes to buy a computer, you know, it's an Acer or something, like that, anything that's not an Apple computer. Uh, if the if the person who's using that computer as an end user 
uh, is not really that computer savvy, you tell them to go search for something on the internet and they may not even realize they're actually using Bing. They're not using Google at that point. So you want to make sure that the results are actually going to be consistent in that way too. And the same thing, by the way, also applies with Apple, with Apple Maps. It's the same principle again there. But Apple does not have any way of interlinking data between uh, Google My Business at this moment in time. I doubt that they ever will. They may, but at this point it's not. But that's another place where you want to actually get your listing on. So, And the place that you do that is at connect.apple.com. I believe it is. And uh, you can actually add your listing. So if you go to Apple Maps, you can actually find businesses there. Because again, if you go buy an Apple phone and you walk out of the shop and you want to go look for a, you know, a place to have a cup of coffee, uh, the, unless you've actually already installed Google Chrome on it and told it that you want to actually use Google search as, as the primary search engine, it's going to take you to Apple Maps. So you want to make sure you're found there. Sure, and the, the the key to all this is understanding what your customers are going to be using to to try and find That's exactly it. it. Whether it be Apple mm -hmm. or Bing or uh, Google, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you're available to to all of the customers that are searching. That's for exactly you. it. Um, uh, we've so we we've done a little bit about directories mm -hmm. and the, the kind of things that we mm -hmm. can do. What one of the things that you can do with uh, with most of the big ones is put some images on yes. on the directory mm -hmm. site of your business. Mm -hmm. Um, and the images are really important for people to understand, you know, what it is your business does. But also, when you're looking through a, a map and you're you're trying to find out what the place looks yeah. like, that's just as important. So, what sort of images do you recommend that people have on a, a Google My Business? The, the, I'll actually I'll start by recommending what they should not have because it's actually just as important to know what not to do as what it is to do. Is don't use stock images. Whatever you do. Do not go to a stock house and buy images or think that photos that uh, from a, uh, a website that you've actually built yourself that has stock images in it are going to be good. You know, the happy, shining people uh, looking like they're uh, – um, I always like to use the example of um, that was actually first introduced by David Merriman Scott, the picture of uh, happy women with salad. You know, like you don't want that kind of stuff on there. That you, it's got to be legitimate things that relate to your business. The next question is exactly, well, what kind of images are going to be the best? Well, they're the ones that are going to help people understand what you offer, what problems you solve. And, and it's also really what would be the experience of doing business with you. So if you're, for example, if you're a retailer or if you're an office where people go to you at your office, you want to show photos of the office. You want to show someone at the front desk. You actually want to have the real people as much as possible, the real staff actually in the images. That'll actually give you uh, the ability to be far more personal, personable, and easy to be uh, easy to understand as the end user of what the experience would be like. If you're primarily a product-related business, make sure you have some samples of your product. And one of the best examples of that is obviously in the food industry, cafes, restaurants. Uh, you want to make sure that you show off all the, all the wonderful dishes and have them well photographed. Which brings me obvious, obviously into the issue of quality of imagery, and I'm not one to discourage people from taking their own photos. Even as myself, as a as a as a commercial photographer, that's what I do for a living. The fact of the matter is, is I'm not going to be able to be there for you as a business to take your photos for you every time you need a photo. Obviously, I would you know I'm happy to help out, and you know if you're looking to have some high quality imagery, I'll, I'll do that for you. Uh, but there's a lot of times when you're, you're going to need to have something up quickly. You know, a, a good example of that is you can imagine if you're a retailer and you have a product you're trying to sell that is clearance and you just got to get it off the shelf because you got to make room for the next product coming in. Well, I'm, you know, take out your mobile phone, take a good photo, make sure it's clear, 
well-lit and not distracted. So, so in other words, not have anything around the product that you're actually shooting because that will actually help to make sure that people understand what they're looking at. There's something else to keep in mind is you're also, when you take a really good quality photo, you're giving search engines like Google that have artificial intelligence the ability to know what the image is. And that can actually have an impact in search. One of the things that's happening in the world of search, which, uh, Paul, I think you, you probably have seen this happen now, is that the artificial intelligence can actually detect the differences between dog breeds, people, uh, different types of food, different kinds of cars. You know, so literally those kinds of things are, are actually happening now. So it's uh, the, the world is changing in terms of imagery. As long as the images are very good and our mobile phones can do a pretty darn good job for most part, you know, so anything that doesn't have to be you know, like truly a, a set up shot where lighting and all these complicated things that commercial photographers do, definitely you, you can take some pretty decent photos to start with and to start populating your directory listing with. And again, it's all about don't confuse your client. Don't put up stuff that's nothing to do with you or that the same image might be found on a competitor's website somewhere else. That's that's where the stock images really damage your brand. But make sure you actually have the right stuff in there. So it's the people, the product, the place. Those are the real things that you want to have in there. It's people, product, and place. And it would be fair to say that if, uh, if for example, you're a clothing mm-hmm. brand, then just showing a picture of a, a, a shirt on a mm-hmm. rack is probably not going to get you the best response. No. However, showing that, looking great on someone is probably going to get you a better response. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where the difference will then come in terms of how you actually decide, does this need to be a commercially shot image? Because, uh, you know, clothing would be one of those things that can be a little bit difficult to shoot well uh, without actually having uh, the model who knows how to stand, how to, how to essentially display the product when it's worn. Uh, You'd also have situations like, for example, uh, you know, if you're, if it's just a product on a rack, um, how interesting might that be? You know, it might photos of the inside of a large store that carries a lot of stock. Well, that would be probably useful if they're a retailer in the clothing industry, just to show the breadth and variety that they have. But when it comes to an individual product, yeah, you have to make sure that it's actually properly displayed. Uh, and that does take a little bit more effort. You know, you probably do need some, 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 some quality lighting in there. Um, we'll come to Instagram and, and, and Facebook, mm. that kind of thing, mm. another one of our mm-hmm. podcasts. But one of the things that really stands out is the amount of images that are currently flying around the mm. internet. Um, there's, there is so much content out there. So if you have the opportunity to make your images great, mm. then you know that's what we really need to be aiming for and not just a, you know, a picture from two miles away. It's, um, it's really important that the stuff that you do is... is mm is good quality. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is important. And remember that one of the things that people do nowadays, and uh, uh, there's a bit of a misconception of how big an image should be online because people say, well, you know, they're only ever going to be little tiny things. Yeah, that's true. But some systems, and you need to investigate each one as to when you publish them is, can people do something called pinch zoom? All right. Because on our mobile devices, you can actually like zoom in on a product quite easily just by pinching in. You can do it with your desktop. It, It seems to be something that happens an awful lot more on mobile devices because it's a touch screen. So think of making sure your images don't end up looking absolutely horrible when you pinch zoom on it. It's got to have enough resolution there. You don't want to go too big either because if you go too big, it'll slow down your website or slow down the the directory listing. Most of the directory listings where photos are found do have limitations as to how large the file can be. So they're already looking after that. But try to max that out as much as you can is my my recommendation so that at least the image when blown up a little wee bit, still looks good. Okay, that, that's great. 
there's a lot of really good advice there that businesses can take on their own without having to um, bring anyone mm-hmm. in, which you know is probably really important at the, at the moment. Mm-hmm. One of the other things you do mentioning for photography mm-hmm. is the uh, the three sixty. That's right. Now, some people won't know what that is, so just just run us through what a, a three sixty picture. Sure. Is like. Yeah. To start with, yeah, uh, three sixty photos for one to start with are best understood as being Google Street View. People understand the Street View experience because most people have actually used that at one point or another. Um, and it's quite simply, a 360-degree uh, photo is one, if you can imagine, basically, when we were kids, we probably, you'd remember looking at the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, a world map. And if you think about it, it looks like some of the countries at the top and the bottom are all stretched out looking really weird. Well, that's because that actually is a 360-degree external photo of the whole planet, which is a sphere. It's round. So when I actually shoot a 360-degree photo, think of me being on the center of the earth, shooting the outside edge of the earth in one big shot. So that's what that is. And so therefore, it allows you as a viewer to be able to see from one point of view anywhere around you as if you were able to just stand there and turn around and look around, look up, look down, look everywhere. And you can see just about anything at all that's there. If it's in field of view, you'll be able to see it. So that's what these 360 photos are. And it's exactly the way that the images that show up in Google Street View are are published. And what I actually do is, as a Google Trusted Photographer, is I'm actually publishing those 360-degree photos for the inside of a business on the Google My Business platform. Uh, because they actually do allow and host that. It's a, f- a specialized feature. In fact, if you go inside your Google My Business listing, you'll see there's an option in there to click on a button to request a virtual tour shoot. And what it does is it triggers an email sent to someone like myself to be able to provide you an estimate of the cost to shoot the images for you. Uh, some people actually think of of trying to do these images themselves. And yes, c- can someone shoot 360 photos themselves? They can. Uh, generally speaking, most of the consumer-level cameras that are doing it do an okay job, but would I actually use those images to uh, promote a business? I'm not so sure that I would because the resolution is not that great. And that becomes a reflection on the quality of your business as much as it is uh, of the image itself. So for that reason, Google does highly recommend the use of professionals such as myself who actually specialize in creating these types of images. What makes them particularly interesting too, though, Paul, is that as opposed to just being 360 photos that just kind of sit there, just like Street View, what I do is I actually interconnect them one to the next to make a walking experience from one to the next. So that's why we call them virtual tours, because you are able to actually virtually tour a premise or a place by simply walking from from 360 photo to, sec, to the next 360 photo and look around. And you can pinch zoom inside of it because the image quality resolution is very high. And that allows the person to essentially be the own director of their experience of being inside of your business. And that's a very, very powerful tool. If you think about it, imagine where if you uh, were a, a cafe, a restaurant, an event center, a, 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 an accommodation, uh, you, know, you can imagine any of those places. If you're the consumer, being able to see that gives you a, a really good sense of confidence that when you get there, this is what you'll experience yourself. So it's a very powerful tool to help people understand what you offer as a business, and it gives confidence to the consumer that they're going to be able to do business with someone that they can actually see in advance. It's uh, There's 
the, the only time that I actually tell people that maybe you don't want to actually be doing a virtual tour is if actually the place that your, your business is run is not that great looking, it's actually going to hurt your, your image and your brand. Well, you may want to not do it, but for the vast majority, most people are very proud of the businesses. They do a great job of making the place look great. So you want to show it off. We've, we've given a whole heap of really good tips for, for businesses at mm-hmm. the moment. Um, you, you mentioned that you run a, a free service where people can see what their, their local citations yes. are. So if somebody wants to, to find that mm-hmm. out or somebody wants to find out more about what you do as mm-hmm. a business, how, how can they get in touch Easiest with thing to do is to actually just visit my website at workpix.com. It's W-O-R-K-P-I-C-S.com. And right from there, you can uh, you can look at you know a whole heap of galleries of photos that I, of the businesses that I've shot, and you'll also have the ability to click on the directory listings option. And from there, there is a little box that you just uh, fill out the, your your details as a business, and it'll pop back out a report and send it back to you. And then if you decide that you want to go ahead and just do the work yourself, you can go right ahead and start actually using the information you got from that directory listing report. Um, or if you want assistance, you simply let me know that you want some help and I'll get a hold of you and we can we can see how we can be helpful. And, and one mm-hmm. more thing, we're, we're not here to, to yeah. spruik, but there's a, there's a networking um, system that you're, a networking group that you're very heavily sure, involved in. Sure. Um, what's happening with that? Yes, the, the LinkedIn Local Central Coast, which has been phenomenal to help local businesses get to know more and more people within the uh, the, the area. Um, we, we've actually started this back in October 2018, and it, it came to be uh, simply because of the fact that there was a, a need to uh, basically help people get get to know each other more. We, you know, we get to know each other online, but how often do we come together face to face? And this was something that was started up in Coffs Harbor a few years back uh, and has grown internationally. It's quite large as an organization for the LinkedIn local program. So uh, myself, Brendan Rogers, and Isaac Feeney, we, the three of us have gotten together and we host the LinkedIn local Central Coast events. And for, uh, fortunately, we've had excellent turnouts, you know, in excess of 50 people at almost every occasion, sometimes quite a bit higher than that. And But this time around, uh, we, we do have one big challenge, obviously, is that with the COVID-19 crisis, we're not able to meet in person. So we're actually going to be hosting our very first uh, Zoom version of the uh, of the LinkedIn Local Central Coast on this coming Monday night. So that's uh, the uh, March the 30th, 6.30 p.m. online. If you just look up LinkedIn Local Central Coast, uh, the Eventbrite, you'll notice if you go to that, and because most people will look for these things on places like Eventbrite, it actually shows as there's no more registrations, but there's actually a link inside there that you can click to go to the Zoom meeting and register yourself in there. Mark, thank you so much for, for joining me today. We I think we've got some really great tips for businesses and we know that everyone's struggling. So anything that we can do to to help people through is is great stuff. So, so thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your mm-hmm. tips and look forward to seeing you at LinkedIn Local. Sounds great. Thanks again, Paul. Really appreciate it.